0: Welcome to our sermon. I am Pastor Nathan Escarraga, and I am sure that God will speak to you through his word today. John 10, verse 10. Jesus is speaking. He says, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly. Praise God for that. Um, Last night I went to bed and i i knew that we would be pre-recording today and uh so i i always asked the lord to reveal things to me uh even while i sleep or as i would wake up and i had been preparing for the message uh that you're hearing now and that you will be hearing and uh when i woke up uh this morning i was uh Led to my phone, and I, I'm, and I, I still don't know exactly how or why, but uh, I was on Google Maps, and um, uh, for those that are here at Lighthouse, uh, you know that we have a, a wonderful, beautiful site. Uh, we are uh, just a hundred meters or so from a, a river. It's called the Welland River, and uh, so, anyways, I was I was on Google Maps, and I'm I'm looking. At the Welland River, and uh, so I just kept moving upstream, wondering, well, where's the source? Where does this river begin? And um, so I'm going back, and and uh, and this this river is meandering all across the uh, Niagara region, and uh, and I kept going, and and it was like, okay, why am I even doing this? And it wasn't until later on. Uh, that I recognized that it was going to tie in with the message as the Lord kept revealing things, uh, and especially when I got to church and we were in prayer, and uh, just uh, in prayer was revealing things. And then I, it, as the day progressed and I was finishing up the message, I recognized, okay, now I know I was looking at this river, and I spent probably about 15, 20 minutes following it along. And, it, yeah, it took a while because uh, if I zoomed out, I'd lose track of where it was, and uh, so I found out that the source or the the, the river's source it seems to end off somewhere uh, around a hundred kilometers from us uh, after all that meandering uh, around uh, in Hamilton, by the airport, north of the airport. and uh, i I know this: that the the size of the river. Uh, that's in front of our, our church, is pretty significant. It's a significant uh, river. And uh, I found out as well uh, that the source of our drinking water in Niagara Falls is just near the end of the river uh, where it joins with the Niagara River. We're just not too far from the Niagara Falls. and um, But our drinking water comes from the Welland River, and where it, where it meets the, uh, the Niagara River. So Welland River flows into the Niagara River. And uh, it's interesting that uh, the 90,000-plus people that live in Niagara Falls get their source of drinking water, and the so- source of life is from the Welland River, and yes, it's purified. Thank God it's purified to whatever degree. Um, but it was interesting uh, that without water, uh, we, we don't last too, too, too long. Uh, you know, just a few days without water and, and you're going to dehydrate and you're going to die. We need water to live. And uh, so this morning, uh, the title of this message is Zao. You may say Zao, I never heard of that word. It's, it's a Greek word. Uh, it's a verb, and it means to live, to be alive. And uh, so we're going to get into the scriptures. And I want to read to you from uh, Ezekiel chapter 47. If you have your Bibles, you can go there. And uh, Ezekiel lived uh, around 600 BC at the darkest time of uh, the existence of Judah, uh, which was the southern kingdom, Judah and Benjamin, uh, were the the two tribes that were left of the 12 tribes. And uh, so they were being taken into captivity uh, by the Babylonians and would be in captivity uh, uh, for 70 years before they would uh, be released from that captivity. And the amazing thing is that uh, Ezekiel, who was a, a prophet and a priest at that time, also going into captivity, uh, uh, the Lord revealed to him. You can read Ezekiel. It's a longer, it's one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. But what was revealed to Ezekiel uh, in the last uh, eight, nine chapters of the, the book uh, that was inspired by the Holy Spirit um, is of a building, a structure uh, that will be built and possibly could be built in seven years, should the Lord come back today. Um, and it will last, that, that structure will be in existence for a thousand years. And uh, it is uh, in that structure, uh, th- there will be uh, events and, and things taking place on a daily basis, and one of them being uh, a sacrifice being given on a daily basis in the morning. One sacrifice, a burnt offering, and there's other sacrifices. And, and uh, you might say, why would there be sacrifices being given during this thousand years? And this uh, thousand-year millennium, a millennium is a thousand years, but... Jesus will be here on this planet. And uh, uh, and in fact, in the Old Testament, the sacrifices, they all pointed to Jesus coming and dying for us. And for us, as we go through those thousand years, uh, and you say, well, are we going to live during that time? Are we going to be alive? For those that are believers, we will live as immortals, Uh, throughout those thousand years, amongst even mortals that would be here. uh, You want to be a believer. Today, if you're listening, you're not a believer. You will want to be a believer, and uh, I'll give that opportunity at the end. And so for those last uh, nine chapters, uh, Ezekiel uh, describes, it's being given to him the dimensions of this temple and the structure that will be built. And so... And from underneath, the, the, the structure and, and the, the threshold, and there's a, inside of this structure is an altar, and on that altar will be the sacrifices. And all of those, sacri- that, those sac- daily sacrifices in the morning, every morning, a burnt offering, is pointing to, not forward, but pointing back to the fact that Jesus, the Lamb of God, was slain for us 2,000 years ago. And from underneath, south of that altar, coming out and to the east, is a river. I want to read to, that, to you. This river does not exist yet, but it will exist. And it will be. And, and the, the effect of this river uh, is amazing. So, uh, let me just read. Ezekiel chapter 47, from verse 1. It says, Then he brought me back to the door of the temple... And there was water flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the front of the temple faced east. The water was flowing from under the right side of the temple, south of the altar. He brought me out by way of the north gate. And so there's a north gate on the north side, so the, the, the temple is facing east with a gate on the north. And on the south side, and he led me around on the outside to the outer gateway that faces east. And there was water running out on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits. A cubit is about 18 inches, a foot and a half. Uh, And he brought me through the waters, and the waters came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the waters. And the water came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through. The water came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000. It was a river that I could not cross for the water was too deep, water in which one must swim, a river that could not be crossed. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. When I returned there, along the bank of the river were very many trees on one side. And on the other, so on both sides, trees. Then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley, and enters the sea. When it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. Now, the sea would be uh, the Dead Sea, which right at this point, if you go to Israel, and this temple is going to be in Jerusalem, and um, and this water, uh, if you go to the Dead Sea, um, Everything there truly is dead. There's, there's no life in there. I haven't been there. I've been told it's, there's very little life, if any, in that sea. So when it reaches the sea, this water, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, will live. There will be a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river Goes. It shall be that fishermen will stand by it from the Engedi to an Eglim. They will be places for spreading their nets. Their fish will be of the same kinds as the fish of the Great Sea, the Great Sea being the Mediterranean, exceedingly many. But its swamps and marshes will not be healed, they will be given over to salt. Along the bank of the river, on this side and that will grow all kinds of trees used for food, their leaves will not wither, and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. Praise God. And the source is coming from where the altar is inside of the, this structure. And the, the, the amazing thing is if you go in from the north gate, you have to leave through the south gate, which means you'll have to pass right past the altar where the sacrifice is. And if you come in from the south gate, you'll have to leave through the north gate, once again, having passed the altar where there's the sacrifice. This is where the source of this water is coming from. This is where life comes from. And, uh, and it impacts wherever the river goes, and the rivers go, it brings life. Praise God. Praise God. I want to read to you from John chapter 7, verse 37. And and I want you to know that uh, the Holy Spirit here, and this will be, I guess, a physical uh, representation, if you would, uh, that you see hey, the Holy Spirit like a river flowing, bringing life wherever that river goes. Listen to what it says, and Jesus is speaking this. It says, On the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water, bringing life. Just like what will happen is in, in possibly seven years. Once again, if the Lord should come back today, this... This temple will be built. Uh, and, and so it could be within a very short time. For those of us as believers, we will experience this. Um, if you're not a believer, you will want to give your life over to the Lord because he can give you life. But here Jesus is saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, I started this this, uh, message tonight talking about the Welland River and its source. And the fact that the Welland River is the source for all the drinking water in Niagara Falls, uh, and as a result of that, we, we have life. If if that water uh, source is contaminated or shut down uh, in some way, we would be we would be in trouble, uh, or it'd be we'd have to be getting water somewhere else. Right now, we have this this source of fresh water. Uh, when it comes to life, just like we have life, physical life, as a result of that, those turning on the tap and the water flows. But, when it comes to life eternal, spiritual life, and even to give life to others is by the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit that would flow from us uh, I just I want to read a, f- a few passages from Matthew chapter five, verse thirteen, and today, as we talk about life, uh, Jesus mentioned in this passage from John seven he talked about those that thirst, those that thirst. And I want, it's interesting what Jesus said to us or said to those that were, at, and he's saying it to us now 2,000 years later. It says in uh, Matthew five thirteen, he says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. If salt uh, doesn't have any flavor anymore, what good is it? Uh, I guess one good thing of if it if it loses its flavor uh, is that as we throw it out here in the north, it does melt the ice. This morning, I was putting salt down on the the uh, the driveway in the driveway, and here at the church, uh, to salt it to melt the snow. It it, it uh, reduces or um, the melting point, or uh, allows for things to to the snow and the ice to melt, but uh, the thing about salt is that salt keeps things from decaying. Uh, back in the day, and even today, uh, if you pack meat with salt, the salt will keep the meat from decaying. And uh, uh, years ago, when they didn't have refrigeration and things like that, especially sailors or whatever, they would uh, they'd put the meat pack it in, in salt and, and uh, uh, put it in the casks and whatever. And, and when they needed it, they'd take it out. And um, uh, the salt would keep the meat from decaying and, and, and things from getting into it. Uh, so salt will keep things uh, from decay. Uh, not only does it keep from decay, but it also it does give flavor. And uh, as the Lord says, hey, you, we, as believers are the salt of the earth, uh, there should be a flavor about, about us and who we are. That as others come in contact with us, that there is a, 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 savor, a savory part about us that I would say, hey, I like, I like what I, I'm, I'm experiencing from, from this individual. Uh, what is it about them? Um, the other thing about salt is that salt makes you thirsty makes you thirsty it makes you want to drink and especially as jesus said hey you're the salt if you if you're a a salty savory flavorable individual people say hey they 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 get curious and there's there's a thirst to find out was what is it about you that is different they want to find out um there's a saying that says, you can lead a horse to the water, but you can't make it drink. And I can remember that, that saying as a kid growing up. My dad says, as being a, a farmer growing up on the farm with horses, he says, oh, it's so easy to make a horse drink. All you have to do is give the horse salt. You give horse, any horse salt, they get so thirsty, when you bring them to the river or bring them to water, they will drink. And the same thing about us. Listen. In this day and age, where things are happening, as you and I are salty, we, we create a thirst in others to, to, to know what is it about you that is different. And, of course, the thing that is, makes us different is Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In Matthew 5, verse 14, Jesus goes on to say, Not only are you salt, but you are the light... Of the world, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, especially uh, at nighttime when things when it gets dark and the lights are are coming on. Um, a city on a hill can be seen from far away. I can uh, remember uh, we were flying uh, down south uh, a few year a few years ago on a trip, short trip, uh, Julie and I, and. Uh, on the way back, we were—it uh, was—it was dark already. It was the evening time, and we we're flying along the east uh, coast of the United States from—I don't know—somewhere Georgia, Florida, somewhere down there. And so we we're flying along the east coast, and every city—and we we're up thirty thirty-five thousand feet—and we're looking down. All the cities, as we kept on on flying, uh, there was no cloud cover. And so we could see the cities all lit up along the coast. And especially the big ones. When we came in, we uh, flew into Boston. And uh, as we were flying in, uh, it was just so lit up. Uh, and even from a distance, we could see, okay, there's a major city that we're coming up to. And, um, and the, the, it was lit up because the lights were... We were up high. Now... When a city is on a hill, uh, you can see it from far away. And the Lord is saying, we are like a city, or a city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp. You wouldn't light a lamp and put it under a basket, but rather you would put the lamp, the candle, on a, on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. And the Lord says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works, your actions works uh, in this, this um, the meaning of this is it's talking about our actions, is our behavior, who we are, the things we say, the things we do, uh, and and hear that others would see who we are, not just by what we say, but but what we do, that we are a light. and and they will see it, and it says and glorify your Father in heaven, there would be an exalting of God in who we are as believers. At work, wherever you may go, do others see that you're different? And, and this is for myself as well. God, wherever I may go, whoever I'm with, in contact with, let me be a light. And let me be salty. Let me make them thirsty, that they want to drink. And not just drink anything, but rivers. Drink from rivers of living water. And we're going to get to that. There's something about light, especially in darkness. Light gives hope. Uh, There's a saying, uh, oh, he saw the light. It means there was an aha moment where things, the light went on and said, I understand. When there's light, there's understanding. And uh, that is who we should be as, as we live our lives, that there would be an understanding of who God is through us. Light brings or allows for direction for us to, to, to walk without stumbling because we, we have light on the path, especially in darkness. Light reveals, light exposes. We can see, you know, if, if, there's, uh, if we have gotten dirty or whatever, uh, we can see right away uh, in the light. If there's no light, you don't see. And same thing when it comes to sin. In the light, it, we can see very clearly, okay, that's not good or that's, that has a, a stain. There's a stain there. This needs to be cleaned up. Light does that. It exposes. It gives life. It, it allows, even seen from a distance, it brings others even to the source of the light which is Jesus Christ. There is a hope. Jesus is the light. Listen to what it says in John 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. I'll tell you right now, without Christ, there is no hope. And Jesus would shine, even through us at this time, to bring life and to bring hope. And even as as people come to the light, if they reject the light of who Jesus Christ is, there is no life. In fact, very little grows without light without sunlight, without... There's very little life in darkness. Um, in fact, those things that live in darkness, um, if the sunlight wasn't there to keep our earth, our earth warm enough, even the, light, the, the things that are alive in the, at the bottom of the ocean, the ocean would just would, would basically freeze up, and all life would be gone, even though they might be living in darkness. The life and light brings life. And uh, today, Jesus Christ is the, the source of life as he is the light. It says here, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. I just want to say that we lived in darkness. But there was this thing, as we came to the light, there was a comprehending of who Jesus Christ was, and we placed our faith in him. Listen to what it says in First Peter chapter 2, verse 9. It says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light who were once not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Praise God. For those of you that that were in darkness, and you came to life because of Jesus Christ, truly, you understand this verse. It makes perfect sense. You just say, thank God. Thank you, God, for, for the light and the the life that I have in you. I was in darkness and you brought me into the light and I have life. And there's a praise that begins to go up in the life that we have in Christ. Praise God. Today, if you are not a believer in Jesus Christ, you are living in darkness. And sometimes if uh, if that's all you know, you might say, hey, I'm not living in darkness. The sun is shining. It's, uh, it's a, a beautiful day. Uh, I'm not talking about the physical. I am talking about spiritually. To be alive spiritually. And that life only comes through Jesus Christ. Praise God. We were once in darkness, but no longer. We are in his marvelous light. Regardless of how dark it may get out there, we have life in him and we are in the light. When if we are in darkness, there is a difficulty of movement. It's, it's kind of hard when you're when it's dark and you you can't see. You you don't know what's what's in the way or where which way to go. Uh, So there's a lot of stumbling. In fact, I see people oftentimes in their lives, they are in darkness. They're stumbling here. They're stumbling there. They're going around in circles in their life. And if if that may describe you, I want you to know that Jesus Christ can give you light and give you life and give you hope and direction and purpose and, and an eternity with him. Praise God. When we stop believing in Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord, we move back into a place of darkness. That would not happen. You know what? Oftentimes, when things get really dark, there's a sense of fear that may come over us. Um. I just heard somebody say, "You know what? Um, I'm not sure who they were talking about." but they were saying they were they're having a conversation with somebody on the phone, and the whole conversation was was about fear, fear of this and fear of that, and this was from a believer, and just one thing of fear after another because of 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 how life is at this point in time, and how difficult it is, or how or the things that are happening are are, are creating fear. And this was from someone that was a believer. There was no mention of the Word of God. There was no mention of Jesus Christ coming from this individual. They were in darkness as they had turned from looking to Jesus and were looking at the, the things of life that seemed so dark to them, and they were in a place of fear. And that's what darkness does. When we stop being in the light of Jesus Christ and who he is, we move into a place of darkness and of hopelessness. The Lord wants us to have life and life abundantly. Hallelujah. As you placed your faith in Jesus, how have you changed? Is there a new perspective to life? And so often as I talk to people that have just given their life to the Lord I uh, they, they recognize, oh, my goodness, I have a completely new perspective on life. Oftentimes, there's a, a change of, of behavior, change of attitude, a change of character. They've become spiritually alive, truly. Zao, zao. And this thing of being alive to live. Hallelujah. The Lord gave us life as we placed our faith in him and what he did for us on the cross. I want to read to you from Ephesians chapter 2, from verse 1. And uh, I want you to know, just like the Welland River that supplies life to all of Niagara Falls in the drinking water, as I backtrack to the source, it seemed like it was just starting from nowhere. I want you to know when it comes to life, truly to have life, the source of life, just as I read from Ezekiel, is from the altar. You might say, what's the altar Uh, when it comes to us spiritually? The altar is is a place of sacrifice. And the ultimate place of sacrifice and the ultimate sacrifice was Jesus Christ hanging on a cross 2,000 years ago for us. This is the source of life as we place our faith in him. Listen to what it says here in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1. It says and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins. In which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. Man, we see that at this point this world and how people are 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 walking According to the prince of the power of the air. We're talking Satan. That's what, who this prince of the power of the air is, uh, is. It is Satan. The spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. We're talking blatantly doing that which is opposed to God in his face. And not just, not just doing it ignorantly, but to do it knowingly in disobedience. Among whom also we are all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, just going, out. I, I want to do what I want to do. The lusts of, of my flesh, and that's how we lived our lives, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, the things that we crave in our flesh and the things that we would think of. We say, hey, this is what I'm going to pursue, and you go for it, whether it's good or not, but it's a, cr- a catering to self. And we're by nature children of wrath, just as the others. But now listen to verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up together. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Because of Jesus Christ, what he did for us. For by grace, his grace to us, you have been saved through faith. Our faith in Jesus Christ and that he died for us. And that not of yourselves. We're not saved by anything that we can do, but rather our faith in Jesus Christ. It is a gift of God. God gives this freely to you, not of works, not anything, any work that we can do, no action that we can do, lest anyone should boast. Say, hey, I saved myself. We can't save ourselves from our sin, our sin separates us from God. Then it says in verse 10, beautiful, for we are his workmanship. He made us, created in Christ Jesus for good works, for good actions. For a, for a good life, and things would be done through us, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I want you to know today that God knew that you would exist. In fact, he knew before you were even born that you would exist. And he, his heart and desire was that what he had planned for you would come to pass. And it is only in Christ Jesus, as it says here, created in Christ Jesus for good works for good things to happen through us and god prepared them beforehand before we were even born that we should walk in them that that should be fulfilled in our lives just say thank you god for the for the life that we have in you hallelujah in ephesians chapter 5 verse 8 i'm talking about this new life by faith in jesus christ the source the source of life. It says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light for the fruit of the Spirit. The this, this Spirit here is uppercase S, the Holy Spirit. The, the work of the Holy Spirit in you is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. So the Holy Spirit begins to do a work on us as, as we go to the source, the altar, and in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on that cross for us, there is life that comes into our being, into our existence by the Holy Spirit. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light for whatever makes manifest is light. In fact, whatever would expose is only by light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. We can only come to life in Jesus Christ. You might say, hey, pastor, I'm, I'm alive. I'm breathing. I'm, I'm functioning. Listen, if you have not placed your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross, you are dead spiritually in trespasses and sins. You say, Pastor, you're, you're hurting, you're offending me. I'm a good person. Listen, myself, as good as I can be, with all the works that I might do even as a pastor, I'm not good enough. I'm just not good enough to make it to heaven on my own merits, As even as a pastor. My faith for life is not in myself It's not in any work that I can do. My faith is in Jesus Christ and what he did for me. And he brings me life. Hallelujah. And the Holy Spirit begins to work in me as my faith was in the altar and the cross of Christ. There is a work being done by the Holy Spirit to bring life to me. And God desires for us to have life, to have abundant life, to have full life. Hallelujah. And, And for you, Personally, God has a specific plan and purpose for you that's unique to you. My thing would be His Lord, and I, this is like, Lord, I want for the plans and purposes that you have for me to come into effect. Let your will be done in my life. Hallelujah. So this title of Zao, so, yeah, this Greek spelling, Z-A-O, pronounced Zao, it is a verb to live to breathe uh to have life you're not lifeless you're not without life you have life you're not dead you are alive alive so this this word zao it is a verb of being alive so i want you i want you to know today i want to read uh From Romans 1, verse 16, when it comes to how do I access that source of life to continue to have life as a believer. So in Romans 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. So the gospel of Christ being the good news of Jesus Christ, that he came and that he died for us and died for our sins, took all our sins upon himself, so that we could have life. So Paul says, he writes here, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation, to save me for everyone who believes in the gospel, in who Jesus is and what he did for us. Not just knowing about Jesus, but what he did and saying my faith is in him and what he did for me on that cross 2,000 years ago to take care of my sins, to bring me life. For the Jew first and also for the Greek I like to say, for the Jew being the very religious and depending on the law that was given to them by God, saying, hey, this is how I have my salvation, is by the law. And it was the law was just a, a teacher saying, hey, listen, you can't keep it. There is another way. You cannot keep the law. Eventually, we break the law. All of us have broken the law, the commandments of God. And so there's got to be another way. And so the Jew, for the Jew, faith in Jesus Christ is available to the Jew to, it, to, and all those that might be religious and say, hey, my faith is in my church. My faith is in my religious activity. My faith is in, in the rituals that I do. Listen, those things cannot save you. That's what this passage is for the Jew first. They were placing their faith in themselves, trying to keep the law. And so your faith is, well, I'm part of a church, so that's where my faith is. It's in the church because I belong to the church, or it's in uh, my good works. This is what does not save us. But it's available even to the religious or also for the Greek who were the, the intellectuals of the day. And for all of you out there that are academic intellectuals, God is saying, listen, salvation is for you, life is for you, as intellectual as you may be, you don't have to give up your your human wisdom, but this transcends your human wisdom by far and brings life to you. So for the Jew first and also for the Greek, for in it, in the gospel of Jesus Christ, in it the righteousness of God, to be right of God and right with God, is revealed. So there's an uncovering, as our faith goes into Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross, there's an opening, an uncovering of all the righteousness of God to be made available to you. From faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So it comes, even as, as God is the, the one that was, where you say, where is this faith coming from? God would say, hey, this faith it says in Hebrews that, that Jesus is the author and finisher of our faith. And so as our faith is in him and and as even as it comes and we are and we hear the gospel and and we have opportunity to grab a hold of it that is from God. And it might be people telling you about Jesus, but it is from God as we share the gospel. And it is to us to have faith. Say I'm going to believe. I will believe in Jesus. And and it says as it is written, the just shall live by faith. And this word live, the just shall live, is the word zao, to have life, to be alive, the just, those that are in the right standing with God, live by faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. What a wonderful thing. Now, the beautiful thing is, so this, this word zao is in the Greek. The New Testament was written in Greek. The Old Testament is written in Hebrew. And I find that the Hebrew is so rich. And there's such a depth. And so this passage, it says in verse uh, Romans 1.17, it says, As it is written, you might say, Well, where was it written? In the Old Testament, in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, it says this interesting it says, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him. In other words, a person that is proud says, I don't need God. I can do it by myself. Are you kidding me? Or pride would say, I'm not a sinner or I'm a good person. I've never sinned. There's a pride. It says, behold the proud. Look at the proud person. His soul is not, his soul is not upright in him. That person's soul is not upright, and even God, his righteousness is not in that person. But the just, those that are right in the right standing with God, shall live by his faith. His faith. And this it's clarified in in Romans chapter one, verse sixteen, specifically his faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. Now, the beautiful thing is the word live in the, in the Hebrew has uh, two um, meanings. This is what I'm talking about, the depth and the riches of the, of the Hebrew word. And uh, so it has uh, one aspect of the word is, is the sense of sustaining life, to be able to, to have continued life. So we have continued life, in right standing with God by our faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified, which is the source. This is where life is coming from, it's coming from there. But I like the second part. So uh, it's not just to have life or continue in life and remain alive, to sustain life, uh, to live on or upon, to live prosperously. So that's the one aspect. But the other aspect is this it's, it has this connotation of being revived. And quickened. When somebody is revived, they come back to life. When someone is quickened, when you get another burst of energy, you're, it's, you're, you're coming back to life if you were down. So, uh, and so it, it even expands on that. It says to re- revive or be quickened from sickness, from discouragement, from faintness, from death. This last one, death, it could be physical, but especially spiritually talking spiritually, but here as we place our faith in, in, in the source of life, Jesus Christ and his death on the cross for us brings us life where the altar is. The altar is a place of sacrifice. There's a, there can be a quickening even from sickness, from discouragement. For those of you that are, are, are discouraged, that you would p- place your faith, and for that person, I don't know who you are, if you're listening today, and you are that person that, that all you can think about is what's going on around you and you are so afraid and you are so fearful and you are so discouraged and you're, so, you're faint in, 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 in your, your walk in your life. You say, I, I don't know if I can make it. I'm saying to you, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look to Jesus and recognize the fact that he loves you so much that he died for you, and he's saying, listen, you don't have to be afraid. Place your faith in me. I will see you through these hard times. I want you to be encouraged today that God will see you through this, this COVID thing. He's going to see you through your health situation. He's going to see you through your financial difficulties. He's going to see you through the things of relationship that might be broken. He's going to see you through as you place your faith, not on man, but on him, the source of life. Hallelujah. So this, this the riches of this word in the Hebrew is the sense of sustaining life and having continued life, but also if you, it's, uh, it's moving from a place of being in, in negative and dark and being overcome to that which is is good and is is of life and is of encouragement, is of strength, is of power, of of healing. The Lord is saying, look to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. The gospel of Jesus Christ and him crucified is so powerful. It gives you life. It gives you za'o. Za'o. And you know what? I want you to know that even as the life is for you, as life is for you personally, the Lord is saying that that life, that there would be life that would flow from you to others that don't have it. And this is the message I want to close with this this focus and emphasis, is that there would be life flowing from you. I want to read it, and I'll read it again at the end. John 7 37 to 39, on that last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out, saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water, living water flowing from us to impact others as they would hear the gospel and the water of life flowing from us would bring them life. There is nothing more exciting for me as an individual as, as wonderful as, as preaching or teaching is, one of the most beautiful things that I have opportunity to do is to share Jesus Christ with somebody else and to have a person grab a hold of who Jesus is and recognize that their sins can be taken care of and to have new life in Jesus Christ. To me, that is the most wonderful thing. And that's what God wants to do through each and every one of us. And not just a pastor, a pastor, or some elder or whatever, but we're talking about every person that's a believer, that there would be rivers of living water that would flow through us. And this he spoke concerning the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him should receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. He had not yet gone to the cross at this point. But after now he's already been to the cross, he was buried and he rose again. And the Holy Spirit is available to everyone that would believe. And not just a portion of the Spirit, but rivers of living water. Lord, let rivers of living water flow from me to bring life to others. Just a few passages very quickly. Just the power of the message of the cross, the gospel. As Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Listen, 1 Corinthians 1.18 says, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. If you're going to perish, it's because you're not accepting this message. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. As you grab a hold of this message of the cross, and you say, that's what I'm going to believe in, there is power from God to save you from any situation. Praise God. In verse 23, 1 Corinthians 1, 23, it says, But we preach Christ crucified. So this thing of Jesus going to the cross for us. To the Jews, a stumbling block. To the religious, this is a stumbling block. And to the Greeks, the intellectual, this is foolishness. Please, let it not be foolishness or a stumbling block to you. But to those who are called, even as God would call you, both Jews and Greeks, the religious and the intellectuals, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God, Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Listen, Paul, as he's writing this letter to the Corinthians in the city of Corinth, a huge city, and he's writing this letter, listen to what he says in the second chapter. He says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom declaring to you the testimony of God. He didn't come... Hey, listen, I... I, if I, I don't want to be some great orator. I just want to bring the simplicity of Jesus Christ and Him crucified, as it says in the second verse, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. That was his main thing. I want that's what I want, you know, that's what you need to know. And he and, and the different letters that Paul writes, it's again and again and again that there's this, this focus from a different angle, from different Sides he looks at this thing of who Jesus is and what He did for us, and he shares it again and again. He says, "I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in a demonstration of the spirit and of power and we 're talking not his spirit we 're talking the Holy Spirit." And power flowing from him. We're talking rivers of living water flowing from him to the point where the, the, the people in Corinth gave their life to Jesus. So many of them got saved. And he says that your faith should not be in the wisdom of man or men, but in the power of God, the power of God to save you and bring you life, to have your sins forgiven and to come become alive spiritually. Hallelujah. The source Of life, Jesus Christ and Him crucified, and coming as the Holy Spirit, as rivers of living water would flow to you. Hallelujah. I like what it says in Galatians 3. This is Paul writing again to the churches in the province of Galatia. And he says in verse 1 O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? He says, wasn't that the case? There's there's question after question and there are rhetorical questions. Well, isn't this the truth that Jesus was portrayed amongst you as crucified? This is the truth. It's clearly portrayed. This thing of what Jesus did for us on the cross. This only I want to learn from you. I want to know from you. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by the works of the law? You trying to keep the law, be. Or by the hearing of faith? Or was it by hearing this thing of the gospel and and you believed? Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit? Are you now being made perfect by the flesh by your own effort? Have you suffered so many things in vain if indeed it was in vain? Hopefully. No, you're not following the things of the flesh now. Then look at the next verse. Therefore. Therefore. He who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Listen, if you want the Holy Spirit, the supply and the power of the Holy Spirit in your life, on you, for you, and not just for you, but flowing through you to others, it comes by faith in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And who he is and what he did for you. And the power of the Holy Spirit is able to work through you to bring life to others. Here's what happens to you as you allow your faith to be in Jesus Christ. The fruit of the Spirit begins to grow in your life. Galatians 5.22 says, But the fruit of the Spirit, not your Spirit, but the Holy Spirit, is love. You need love. Joy. You need joy. Peace. You need peace long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are nine things mentioned here are the fruit or one fruit of the Holy Spirit, different aspects growing in your life. It says, against such there is no law. There's no law against love or joy or peace. And those who are Christ's, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So it's, there's a putting down of self and the, the things of catering to self. And what I think and want rather is a, a, a looking to Jesus. We're crucified even with him. If we live in the Spirit, in the Holy Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Basically, the, we were made alive by our faith in Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit made us come to life supernaturally, spiritually. And he's saying now, not only do you, have you come alive, I want you to walk each and every day in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let us not become conceited. When you're conceited, it's all about, hey, I can do this on my own. Look at who I am. Provoking one another, envying one another, but rather that we, our faith would be in Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit would flow through us. Going back to John chapter 7, verse 37, it says, If anyone, Jesus says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He is the source of the waters that would flow, rivers of living water. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Not only is our thirst quenched as we go to Jesus' source, but also there is of rivers that flow from us. Hallelujah. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified, but he has been. And so the Holy Spirit is available to you to live in you, to sustain you, to give you life, and that the, the Holy Spirit would flow through you. Just like I went this morning to look what is the source? Where, is, where does the, the Welland River start? Following it all the way back. be interesting to know, where is it starting? What tiny little, is there a little spring that it starts from? And, and as it goes, other rivers feed it? In this case, there is one source that is able to sustain you and, you, and to, for you to have life and life flowing from you. That is Jesus Christ and him crucified. And the Holy Spirit comes and brings and gives you life and will give others life. Wherever the river flows, as it says in Ezekiel 47, wherever the river flows, it brings life. I want us to pray that. And just before I do, I I want to to give opportunity. If there's anybody uh, listening today online and you don't know the Lord, I want you to know that you can know him and that he can forgive you of your sins. It's your, our sins that separate us from God. But Jesus, the only reason he came was to, 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 to give us life as, and have salvation from our sins. And so our sins were placed upon Jesus, and he died for us. He took the, the consequences and the punishment. It says in Romans 6.23, it says, For the wages of sin is death. The, the payment for, for even just one sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord as you place your faith in Jesus. And so as you do that, as you make a confession with your mouth and you believe it in your heart, God can give you life. Jesus will give you life, and there will the Holy Spirit will come and, and be within you and bring you to a place of, of being alive in Christ, with Christ as your source. And truly, life can flow from you to to touch other people's lives so i want to just pray with you if that's if that's you today you need you need to give your life to jesus or maybe you're coming back you've, you've wandered away you're in darkness you're without hope you need to come into the light uh that you would do that so let me pray with you you can if you would like you just pray with along with me jesus i'm struggling life is dark i am in darkness And I need to come into your marvelous light. I need to have life. I need to have a hope. I need to have a future. I need to have an eternity. And I'm afraid. Yes, I have sinned. I confess my sins. I am a sinner. But Jesus, you loved me so much. Father, you gave your son that he would die for me, taking all my sins upon himself. I believe that. Jesus, you died for me, but you rose again. You are alive. And the power that raised you from the dead, let that same power come into me and raise me from death spiritually, from being dead spiritually to coming alive. I confess you, Lord Jesus, as my Savior, the only one that can save me, come into my life. I receive you into my life. And come, Holy Spirit, make me alive as my faith is in Jesus and his death for me on the cross. Let me live a life that is full and 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 of abundance and overflowing and of 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 joy and peace and love. Let me live a life that that will bring uh, a, a thirst to others that I'd be salty, and that I would also be one that would allow your spirit to flow through me, to bring life to others. Let that happen in me and through me at this time. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Uh, I want you to know, if you've given your life to the Lord, uh, let somebody know. You can reach me at pastor at And, um, just let me know that you've given your life to the Lord. Uh, we want to pray for you as you continue fi- to, uh, whether you find a church, if you're in the area, please, uh, you can join us at, at the Lighthouse. I know we're, re- we're under restriction uh, right now, but uh, I'm believing that that's going to open very soon, and I would love to meet you. And uh, for all, all others out there, my dear brothers and sisters, uh, allow life to overflow in you and that life would flow from you as your faith remains in Jesus Christ and his sacrifice on the cross for you, that the spirit of God would flow through you to bring life to others. God bless you. Have a wonderful day and a wonderful week, and we'll see you next time. God bless. Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the Word of God by watching our service live stream and listening to our podcast on our website, LighthouseNiagara.com.